it's Sean. Hey, it's Julie. Welcome to episode four. Today in this episode, we're going to talk about Casino Regina, Five Fishermen Restaurant, and the Headless Captain of Queen's Road. And as we mentioned in last month's episode, we are going to start a paramedia segment, and we're going to be talking about the 1982 movie Poltergeist. So as you can hear, we have Julie on the show today, who is filling in for Brie while she has surgery. So we want to wish Brie well and hope that everything goes well. And we look forward to having her back next month in February. So welcome, Julie. Thank you. My pleasure. So with that being said, we are going to start talking about Casino Regina. So, Casino Regina was converted in 1995, and it opened in 1996. Uh, It's located at 1880 Saskatchewan Drive in Regina, Saskatchewan. Originally known as Union Train Station, originally built 1911 to 1912. And in 1912 as well, there was a cyclone that actually ripped through the downtown uh, core of Regina and really did a lot of damage um, to to the town itself, which is pretty crazy. The building was expanded in 1931 due to population growth. In the early part of the 90s, due to cutbacks, the station closed for good. The fate of the structure was unknown for a portion of time. As mentioned, in 1995, it was converted into Casino Regina, costing around $37 million to complete. It opened its doors on January the 26th of 1996. The building contains an old police jail cells in the basement that were used when the railway was operational for transporting prisoners. The building is also said to have intricate underground tunnel system that has since been destroyed. A piece of the railway history still remains at the Casino Regina. It's in the Central Hall. There is a schedule board that still remains today. Union Station was a centerpiece in Regina's history, and due to the importance of the station, some paranormal activity still remains. So I'm going to flip it over to Julie to talk about the ghost of Casino Regina. Julie? Well, as Sean mentioned, there were jail cells downstairs under the train station for when they were transporting prisoners. And I'm sure they used them pretty frequently for other things as well, because who knows what the jail situations were back then. Right. Um, There was one story of a prisoner who wanted to avoid the jail time, so he ended up hanging himself in one of the jail cells downstairs. Hmm. And uh, the staff won't actually go into that jail cell anymore even though it's being used for storage because they have the spirit, they're just can't bring themselves to go through that door. Wow. So it has uh, such control over, over the staff there that they're just like, no way I'm not going in there. Yeah. The spirit just has stuck around and I guess he's just not a happy guy and stayed no. there. Yeah. <laughs> if he was a prisoner, <laughs> I don't see him being happy at all. <laughs> yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> um, People believe that it's being haunted by the people who had worked at the train station and were killed along the rails. Because oh. we've talked about it in other episodes that 
um, building the railways, right. how many lives were lost. Right, the grand trunk. During those times. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. One apparition that has been seen multiple times throughout the, the facilities, ghostly voices, doors being opened and closed by themselves, and items that appear to vanish only to turn up in places they were not located before. So there's definitely some activity going on there. Oh, for sure. And I think even those doors that you're talking about, they're they're like carded access. So you would have to have a card in order for those doors to open and operate. And some of these doors just fly open at any point. And I, I think, you know, if that was to happen to me at work, I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel I'd, if the doors fly open. I'd probably go screaming and running. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> yeah. Especially, I mean, we've all... Most of us have been to casinos before, and everything is under such tight security these right, days. Right, right. So if I just saw a door, like it's not a mechanical malfunction or anything like that. It's something is doing this somehow. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it would be really interesting because there's, like you said, there's so much security there that I wonder if they have captured um, anything on video. You know, because, like, I mean, there's probably cameras everywhere. Oh, every square inch right? of that building, like, I'm except sure. Except for the tough. washrooms, I'm uh, there's cameras everywhere. Yeah, other than in the bathrooms, because they can watch you go in and out of the bathrooms, but just not in that room. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm sure, but it's pretty tight-lipped over stories and stuff mm-hmm. on the casino side of it. Yeah, and... and I, yeah, that's, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but that's, yeah, there's not a lot of history there with regards to um, stuff happening. So, you know, casino's supposed to be I a... think they're scared of losing patronage. Well, that's what I was going to say, you know, like a casino's supposed to be like a happy place where you go and have a good time, not where you're going to walk in the building and go, uh, what's happening here? <laughs> what am I seeing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'd be going to a haunted casino because I don't know if those ghosts want to take my money or help me win the money. (laughs) Well, let's hope it's on the helping side and not the taking side. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully it wasn't a bunch of thieves that were held in the jail cells (laughs) and they're coming to take the money for themselves. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's pretty much it for the, the ghost of Casino Regina. So we're going to move into talking about the Five Fishermen Restaurant in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Originally constructed as a schoolhouse in 1817, the doors opened in 1818. It would become the first school in Canada to offer free education. Then it was transformed into an art school by Anna Leon Owens, called the Halifax Victorian School of Art. Anna was well known in Halifax and all over the world. Anna was once the governess to the children of the King of Siam, which she would go on to write a book about that experience called Anna and the King of Siam, which also spawned a Broadway musical as well as an award-winning movie, The King and I, in 1956, starring Deborah Kerr, Yule Briner, and Rita Morano. Rita Moreno, I love her. She is so good at what she does. As a side note. (laughs) The art school eventually moved and it was taken over by the Snow family, which would turn it into a funeral home. 
The funeral home was named John Snow and Co., which would end up playing a huge part in two of the world's most well-known disasters. The first being the sinking of the Titanic, as and the second being the Halifax explosion. Wow. Yeah. Like two major historic events. Um, Talk about tying right into some serious history. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I know me and Brie and, and even in some of the episodes that you're in, we're always talking about that connection, how things always connect in one way or another. Um, you know, and there was it, something else we spoke about that was tied into the Titanic. So there was a passenger on the Titanic that was heading towards Chateau Laurier that we had spoken about previously on the Grand Trunk episode. Right. That was um, season one, episode 12? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was the episode where we were, there was the four of us on the episode. Right, right. So as yeah. and then I think we we always talk about um, as I was saying earlier how everything connects right so it just it's crazy how a lot of these stories really do uh, kind of coincide with one another such a small world it is definitely definitely so in 1975 the building became what it stands today the Five Fisherman Restaurant and you know I was on their website. And I was looking at their restaurant. And I got to say, if I'm ever in Halifax, I want to go there. I'm not a big seafood person, but they have like a lot of different other things too, which I, I just, the ambiance there just looks so nice and inviting. So I hope to one day be there and go there. Oh, I'm planning once this lockdown crap's done. Yes. To hopefully be able to do a road trip with some family members down to Nova Scotia. Awesome. That sounds really Fingers good. Fingers crossed. Yeah. One day. Well, you know what? It, <laughs> the light at the end of the tunnel is coming, I think, you know, with, with the, with the um, vaccines coming. So it may be sooner than you think. You never know. Oh, yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. So now on to the, the history of the ghosts of the Five Fishermen Restaurant. So staff are used to seeing the glasses fly off the shelves, cutlery moving around, falling off tables. These ghosts are active. They're not just kind of chilling in the corners. They're they're definitely letting people know that they're around. Yeah, they're like, hey, look at me. (laughs) (laughs) The taps turn on and off um, without anybody's help. So they're doing it all on their own. Um, One night an employee was there and they were sure that they were alone. When they were trying to go shut down for the night, the um, they heard someone go in the swinging doors leading into the kitchen. Upon inspection, there was nobody there. Wow. Chills. Yeah. Um, another account of a uh, waitress says that they were near the grand staircase leading down. Um, there they see a gray apparition, a fog-like mass moving down the staircase. They got out of there pretty quick. <laughs> they went running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Many staff members talk about going through cold pockets. And I know we've talked about this before, but there's it's said that when you go through just kind of like a cool area in a building or something that is, there's no explanation, they're saying that you're walking through a spirit. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, just kind of gives you that feel that there's somebody there. Right. Um, 
there's waitresses and staff that talk about hearing their voice, uh, hearing voices with their name being called when they're the only one around. Wow. So these ghosts are definitely involved in their, in the world of the restaurant because they're, they're able to come up with names of employees that work there. I do apologize. We are recording from home. I have a deaf cat and he likes to yell. (laughs) Yeah, so he's singing a tune in the background for us. He wants to be a part of the show. And he's so cute. So, you know, definitely. If you could, if it was a video show, you guys would probably be like, oh. I swear he's just talking to the ghosts of my house. So it's okay. Well, there you go. A future episode. One night, a server was using the credit card machine, and he felt a tap on the shoulder. Trying to get it finished, they felt a second tap on the shoulder. When they turned around, nobody was there. (laughs) Nice. Uh, One night, when a server was locking down the restaurant, they were the only one in the building, and they saw someone enter the private room. Thankfully, they never locked anyone inside, but when they went in the room, it was empty. And they thought that was pretty strange as there was only one exit to the building. Wow, that's creepy. Huh. Uh, lots of encounters, definitely. Um, one day, an employee was there to set up the salad bar at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The items were brought down from the floor above on a large four, on four large trays. Um, one of the... On one of the rounds, the employees heard a large smash, unable to do anything. Then they went on with their trays to the salad bar. On their way back, they decided to see what happened. They go in and see pieces of an ashtray all over the floor. Hmm. The server bends down to pick it up and is directly looking into a mirror. He could see the reflection of an old man walking away from him with gray hair, a long black coat, and he seemed to be from another time. So, back to the days of the Titanic when they were wearing the long trench coats. Yeah, for sure. Definitely could be somebody from there that time. It could be from the explosion of the Halifax Harbor. You never know. Like, there's been so much activity there that it could be anybody for that matter. And I think that's why there is so much uh, crazy activity there. Well, and there seems to be a tie to the three o'clock time in the afternoon. Hmm. Because several years later, the assistant manager was having a conversation with a customer on the phone at the station across from the salad bar. Okay. And it was three o'clock in the afternoon. He was the only one in the dining room. And at one point, he saw an elderly man standing on the landing below. And he said, excuse me, sir, I'll be right with you. Right. After he finished his conversation, he went to see how he could help this gentleman, but couldn't find him anywhere. He wasn't on the landing. He wasn't in the foyer below. He checked the doors, and they were all locked. Wow. But we said there's only one exit. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and he, nobody could get in. Uh, later on in the evening, he described the odd experience to some of his fellow staff members, one of who was the same young gentleman who was setting up the salad bar uh, several years before and he saw the gentleman gray hair in the mirror mm-hmm. and apparently they had both encountered the same apparition okay so this must be somebody who's definitely making themselves new oh yeah for sure 
and that three o'clock time has something special to do with them. Could be he's trapped at three o'clock. Could be he passed away at three o'clock. Very well, yeah. Could it, be. It's hard to say, right? Yeah. One more uh, that I had come across. On a busy night, the hostess was showing a couple to their table. When they were passing the salad bar, she felt a harsh brush against her cheek. There was no reason for it, so she finished seating the couple and returned to the hostess stand, where the maitre d' asked what happened. She had a red hand print across her cheek as if she had been slapped. Wow. That's crazy. Somebody doesn't like her. I know, but it was like she felt the brush, but then it looked like she was slapped. That's crazy. Yeah, like a full hand print. Wow. Wow. So much history there. Wow. It's so crazy. Some of the experiences, I just can't believe it. It's so nuts. I want to go there at three o'clock in the afternoon and sit by the salad bar in the private room now. Apparently that salad bar is pretty active. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of covers the ghosts of uh, the Five Fishermen restaurant in Halifax. Okay. But if you've been there and you live in Halifax, please reach out to us and let us know if you've had any experiences there. Definitely. Definitely. We'd love to hear about them uh, and add an addition or do an update for that matter. So definitely reach out to us. Yeah. And we'll give you all the information at the end of the show, how to find us. Yes, that's for sure. All right. So now we're going to move into the headless captain of Queens road in St. John's, Newfoundland. St. John's, Newfoundland is the oldest city, rich with history and sights to see. In 1745, a captain and his wife lived in a house just off of Queens Road. With the captain being away for long lengths of time, the captain's wife had an ongoing love affair. After this has gone on for quite some time, they both devised a plan to get rid of the captain so they could, quote, live happily ever after. When the captain arrived home, the male suitor was waiting for him, and he then cut off his head. His body was disposed off of the shore of the Atlantic Ocean. How fitting, right? It's like he spent all of his life working on the Atlantic Ocean. And I think at one point it mentions that that was his first love. So I I, I think when this this marriage, I can see why it kind of went south because he was away for so long and he loved the water so much that he wanted to kind of be on it for his whole life if he could. It seems like that's pretty dead on with it. And I know that in history, when you worked on the water, you were gone for a lot of time. Yeah. There was none of this in and out in the same day. You're going out, you're going exploring, you're going fishing, whatever you're doing, you're going out because it's taking you three days to get to where you need to get to. Yeah. Yeah. It's so vast, the the Atlantic Ocean. So that's why they're away so many uh, months at a time. So with that being said, his head was cut off. He was thrown into the Atlantic Ocean. Um, and now with the captain out of the way, the new marriage took place. Being accused of murder, the new husband's business suffered, and the captain's wife did not leave her home due to the gossip and stories that she would hear from the townspeople. That turned out to be another unhappy marriage for the couple. Wow. Yeah. 
One night, while alone, the captain's wife heard footsteps, and in the doorway, she saw the headless ghost of her murdered husband. Huh. Wow. That would just trip me right out. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> like, I mean, I would never be in that situation because I would never cut somebody's head off or murder somebody for well, that matter. But <laughs> if I did see something <laughs> with no head standing in my doorway, that was an apparition, I think I would probably pass out. But then again, yeah. if I think if I saw an apparition with a head, I would pass out. You so might. Either way, it's a guaranteed pass out for me. <laughs> <laughs> the new husband comes home from work to find his wife scared on the floor. As he prepares his guns, he sees the murdered captain's ghost and it vanishes right before his eyes. Hmm. Double the wife trouble. is down. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know something, there's something's going on. Yeah, something's going down. <laughs> the wife is downstairs. She opens the chest where they had put the sword that they used to kill the captain, and also sees his head. Huh. The new husband comes down, and the head is gone. The husband gives her a gun for protection. She heard footsteps again coming up to the door. The door opens, and she sees the headless captain and shoots at the ghost only to find out that she shot her new husband to death Hmm. she's two for two now right (laughs) yeah knowing that she could not get away with murder for a second time she goes to the chest grabs the swords and cuts her own head off the headless captain is still seen today roaming around the property where his house once stood and along queen's road wow I wonder if anybody's seen the second husband's ghost. I wonder. I wonder. Because, like, I mean, he was basically killed in the same fashion that the other guy was. But I think, sorry, the captain was. But I think the captain really wanted this not to work because it was it was so in vain, you know? Because it genuinely seemed like the captain was, was happy with the marriage. It was the wife that was the one that was not so, yeah, she was out doing her own thing while he was out at sea. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So that's pretty much it for the story of the Headless Captain of Queen's Road in St. John's, Newfoundland. The only other point that I wanted to kind of touch on is that throughout St. John's, there are statues of the Headless Captain um, around town. Oh, wow. That's neat. Yes. So it is definitely part of the St. John's fisherman history. Yeah, yeah. Which definitely brings Canada to life. Yeah, for sure. So it just kind of solidifies the story that we just told. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for that. All right. So as promised, we're going to talk about our paramedia segment, which we're going to talk about the Poltergeist movie from 1982. The movie was directed by Toby Hooper. And it was produced by Steven Spielberg. And the movie starred Joe Beth Williams, Craig T. Nelson, and Beatrice Strait. The movie is about a family that lives in suburbia, only to have their house come alive with poltergeists. With the strange things happening all over the house, the haunting reaches a tipping point when their youngest daughter goes missing and ensues a desperate search to bring Carol Ann back home again. This movie is complete with amazing special effects. And I think the reason being is because it's not computer generated. 
Yeah, and you look at today's movies, everything's computer generated. Yeah, and even some movies, they 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 even look so generated that the, it, it almost looks like they're animated. Yeah, I'm I'm I find that with a bunch of movies now that they've just kind of gotten lazy and said, "Oh, the actress doesn't have to do that. We'll just put it in on on computer." Right, right. And then that brings me to my next point, which talks about um, there's a pool scene uh, in this movie, um, and Joe Beth Williams has a scene where she falls into the pool that's being built in her backyard, and skeletons pop up. Yeah, it's a creepy scene. It is a very creepy scene, and I think it's even more creepy because those skeletons were real. Oh, that just brings chills up my spine. <laughs> yeah, right? And, like, I mean along with the great acting and the great story to boot, I think this movie is still good for even today's audience. The movie was released in June of 1982, just one week before another Steven Spielberg classic, E.T. Now, behind the scenes, there were some things that happened while making the film. The oldest daughter, who is played by Dominic Dunn, was strangled to death by her then-boyfriend in her driveway. Um, just, I, I, I don't know the time frame, but it was just shortly after the movie was released. Um, also, scary. yeah, isn't that crazy? Also, the actor that played the son, Oliver Robbins, um, had his own experience. Uh, there's a clown scene and the clown kind of wraps his arms around his neck and pulls him under the bed, but the prop malfunctioned and almost choked him to death. <gasps> Uh, Steven Spielberg saw that he was struggling and he intervened and removed this thing from this child's neck before he was basically choked. And people wonder why kids have a fear of clowns. (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) Now, also, Jo Beth Williams has gone on to say that when she was staying in the hotel during the filming of the movie, her bed would move. And she said that she would know that it was happening because the air in the room would change. It would get colder. She didn't have one of those put a quarter in beds to vibrate. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. And it was just malfunctioning. (laughs) And the air conditioner came on instead. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They had the wires crossed. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. We've answered it for you. (laughs) The temperature in the room, we, we, We've already talked about this today that, you know, the cold passing through the cold is meant to be um, an apparition or a spirit is there. That's right. That's right. Poltergeist spawned three movies altogether and tragedy followed each one. Um, In the second movie, um, there is the man that plays Kane. Um, He eventually passed away I believe during the making of the movie from cancer and there was a um, a shaman medicine man that was in the movie as well and he passed away um, just after the movie was made due to complications with uh, lung transplant surgery you almost wonder if he was trying to cleanse the set and something just kind of attached to him maybe maybe but then, because he was a true shaman. He was, right? So, he wasn't just an acting shaman. He was actually a true shaman. He was. He was, right? 
So I just, I, I, I don't know whether that's just bad luck or coincidence or what, but, and then again, another thing too, like, uh, and during the third movie, um, there was a scene in the basement where they had, it, it was supposed to look like ice, but something happened and there was, it actually caught fire and the whole set had to be shut down. There was damage. Um, luckily nobody was hurt. Um, but it was a pretty severe fire. Um, and also the youngest daughter who's played by Heather O'Rourke, um, she passed away at the age of 12, just after she finished filming of the third movie. Wow. So, so many things that, um, revolve around this movie and, uh, stuff that's happened, um, because of this movie and a lot of people say that it's because they use the real skeletons well and there was a story that i read that they did a an actual exorcist while on set or sorry not an exorcist but an exorcism while they were actually on set to kind of cleanse to try yeah, but yeah to try and cleanse everything before they were doing it hmm. but you can tell that obviously that didn't work no or maybe when the shaman was doing that that's when the spirit attached to him maybe attacking his transplant who knows this these are all skepticism and right speculation behind what because there is no answers to this kind of stuff no no and it's just like i mean we just point out the facts and and with the facts it's just everything just points to something that's paranormal unnatural definitely yeah so with that being said, definitely check out this movie. I, I would recommend it um, for anybody to watch. Um, and speaking of that, you can get it on iTunes, Google Play. Um, if you have Amazon Prime, you can get it with the Stars Channel subscription as well. Those are some places that I found that you can uh, purchase it or, or, or rent it. So definitely check it out if you have some time. Um, and I'm going to try and post a, uh, picture of the cover of it as well. So you'll be able to see that and, and recognize, cause there is a newer one out as well, a remake, uh, but definitely look for the 1982 version. Uh, you will not be disappointed. And we all have lots of time on our hands during this lockdown. So why not check out a good classic movie? That's right. I, I couldn't agree more. And that brings us to the end of this episode. And I'm going to throw it back to Sean so he can tell you how to get a hold of us. Yeah, absolutely. You can get a hold of us at our email at paranormalfilescanada at gmail.com, our Facebook at paranormalfilescanada, our Twitter at PFC Sean underscore Brie, and our Instagram at Canada Paranormal Files. So again, I want to thank Julie for coming on the show and filling in for Brie um, while she is away. Thanks for having me. It's been a great episode, and I just want to send out some good vibes for a quick healing for Brie. Big thank you and stay safe to all those frontline workers out there. Yeah, and uh, we look forward to our next episode, which will be coming out in February. So... As always, take care of yourself, stay safe, and stay spooky. spooky.